Hey everybody, this is Mike and Rob. How is everybody? Rob, how are you today? I'm great. Excellent. So the last time we podcast, um, well, I shouldn't say that. Oh yeah. Here's what I want to say is you and I recorded a podcast a week ago that I completely screwed up the audio on and only had my audio. So um, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to play my little rant on uh, Hallmark movies, if you wanted to hear my response to that. Um, so we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. So anyway, let's just jump into it. Rob, what's on your mind today? Oh, not much. My uh, favorite brewery is opening back up for pickup. Nice. So I'm, gonna, I'm excited to head over there and pick up some beer. I'm going to get way too much beer, but they had a special release that in the middle of COVID that I ordered that is finally coming out. It's been like six weeks, so I'm pumped up for it. It's a peanut butter and jelly imperial stout. Nice. So, what's the name of the brewery? Uh, Starving Artist. Did they always do uh, a ticket? It wasn't just, like, are you able to get the stuff at the store, or? No, dude literally makes it in a barn in his backyard. Uh, okay. Like, he, like that's it. You, you have to go there to get it. It's crazy. Well, that's cool, though. Yeah, it's a cool little deal. I mean, like, you, it's like, there's two people that work there. The owner, who also is the brew guy, and then he's got one person who, uh, runs the taps the taps are in the wall connected directly to his cooler like the fridge and he they literally just pour them right there and hand you the cup and there's like he set up a patio now but like in the winter you just stand in the brewery (laughs) right next to the beer coolers and drink the beer while you're talking to the guy who owns the place it's pretty sweet that's pretty cool beer is unbelievably good too is it um what are they packaging does he just have regular bottles that he packages to go stuff he's got He's got bottles and cans, um, but mostly it's growlers. Oh, okay. I'm just imagining some, like those old whiskey bottles from the cartoons, you know, just fill those. those yeah, basically. Bottles. Excellent. Yes, that's exactly what it is. My growlers are my collar, as I'd show you. It's like, <laughs> uh, nice. literally, like, it looks like, you know, the old, uh, the guy in the washboard band who's like got the jug that he's blowing on. Exactly. That's exactly yeah, what that, I was thinking about. That is exactly what. It's like that. It's oh, like that's black. excellent. Yeah, it's sweet. Well, if I drank beer, that would make me happy. Yeah, it does make me happy. I'm excited. All right, so what's, what's going on in the world, man? Everything's wonderful. Yeah, it's... The economy's know. kicking. Um, we all get along, left and right. We all love yeah. each other. It's glorious. <laughs> All right, we were talking yesterday uh, just uh, about random stuff, and I was complaining about um, people not wearing masks. So I think I've calmed down a little bit from that yesterday. So yeah, you were kind of hot. Well, it's hard for me. I, I stepped back a little bit. Um, wearing a mask, whether you, whatever, however you think it is or is not effective, I think is a simple, a simple ask. That's all. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. I think that it's something people should do. And the people who are running around without them are assholes. And actually the first thing I think whenever I see somebody running around without a mask is that guy's an asshole. So that being said, the conversation we had yesterday was about how I also don't think that the government should be demanding specifically the state government should be demanding that we wear them and setting stipulations on that. Um, I think it's, 
should be up to the establishment on whether or not they permit people in without masks. And then I think that those establishments should not let people in without masks. But I don't think that it should be a, a state mandate that that occurs. So, um, you know, like any store that you go into, uh, health code says no shoes, no shirt, no service or whatever, right? What if that was uh, something like that was codif- like codified in our laws? You know, as we went forward and said, okay, for the next year, where they actually, instead of, uh, right now, that law is in a order, uh, uh, executive order from our governor, right? Mm-hmm. So it's still legally binding in a way. But um, what if our legislator made that law? Would you still feel the same way? So, yeah, dude. Yeah, I but, think that, I I don't think that, I think it should be up to the stores to determine whether or not what people can wear or don't have to wear when they enter their thing. I think that for the same reason, I think that if some douchebag wants to get into some fancy nightclub and he doesn't have the right outfit on for the nightclub, they have every right to refuse him admittance. Well, right. But also in that nightclub, um, they can't let people under 18 in and they can't let people drink that are 21. Right. Totally different deal. Well, why do we have alcohol laws? So we have alcohol laws to prevent people from ingesting a dangerous substance. So essentially for protection. And what is and the mask that for? Is the same thing. I totally understand. Right. Fair. That is a that is a perfectly logical argument. Yeah. Um, the difference is is that the. Uh, I get it. I do get it. I don't. I. It is. It's a bridge to. I think it's okay right now to be under an emergency order for the next couple of weeks to wear a mask. But right, I don't think. I don't think it's a long term. By the way, I do agree with you. I don't think long term you can just pass a law requiring everybody to wear a mask wherever they go because it should be more of a social contract than anything else. Mm-hmm. But on the other, you know, what I think though is if a business decides that you can't get into their grocery store uh, without a mask or uh, you go into a store and not wear a mask and they ask you to, you can't just break their arm like happened in a target the other day, you know, yeah, dude, it's obscene, right? Your constitutional rights don't extend to, uh, inside a retail store. You know no, what I mean? Of course not. Yeah, I know. Well, your constitutional rights protect you from the government. They don't protect you from some other dickhead. Right. And also not that I think it will happen, but here's the other thing that maybe drives me crazy. Um, if our state passed a law uh, that said you had to wear a mask every time you go into whatever, certain types of stores, um, mm-hmm. that's not taking away your constitutional rights either. No. No. You're right. You know, I mean, you don't have – I think – I hear a lot of people talk about their constitutional rights, and it's really about how they feel about what they want to do. Yeah, I totally agree. So – and here's the thing. I don't think that – so – I don't think that government should restrict any kind of medical procedure, including abortions, including right to right to try stuff where if they want to try an experimental thing, then they should be able to sign off and do that. I don't think that the government should have um, a right to tell us to wear a mask. I think alcohol is a little bit different because it's specifically a controlled substance. So I think that's important. I think I think that they should step in and start restricting uh the pharmaceutical companies to um, 
stop price gouging. I think that's important too, because I think that's a controlled substance also. I think that the role of government should be to step in and protect the people from big government and not the other way around. And so when they start protecting, when they start saying that people have to wear a mask, then they're restricting the people in favor of generally protecting the masses, which is okay, but it should come down to those specific stores making those decisions. Yeah, but the government also, uh, the government does, right, the Constitution is there to protect us from um, our government, but it also establishes our our government as um, an entity that keeps us safe on a national level. Because, uh, you know, obviously if we go back, way back, the Articles of Confederation didn't work. Because it, we didn't work as a loosely knit nation states, right? So, right. I told, yeah, and I think there's a need for that. I just, I wonder about that. So, let's take it a step further. Let's say that, uh, so Trump tweeted something or said something yesterday about how he was thinking about having the military go around and uh, get military aid to help distribute vaccines. So, I'm not crazy. So I don't think that Trump's going to send the army out to go door to door to knock on your door and inject you with the vaccine forcibly. But let's say they were. Let's mm-hmm. say that they did insist that you go get a, that you get a vaccine. How would you feel about that? Yeah, I think no. Other than like, um, I think it's reasonable to um, uh, have some limits on uh, children that maybe aren't vaccinated in uh, close in schools and things like that. But no, no, that's. If I believe my body, my choice, then that I don't get to choose when I believe that. You know what I mean? Right. If I'm pro-choice, then I can't, I can't be like you're forced to have a vaccine. Right? There's, you know, you would lose your shit if the army came and knocked on your door and demanded sure. a vaccine. Yeah, everybody right? would. Okay. Yeah. So and so, if you let's, so the difference here is that your. Um, going into a store instead. So you're going out into public. So you should have protection. You should have a face mask. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't. So it's a difficult point for me to argue because I think that that's reasonable. Right. I just have a hard time when the government starts insisting that we do something. Cause at the same, cause as much as I, it makes me sound like an asshole saying this, it's my body, my choice. I should be able to put a face mask on it. Now, the alternative there is that somebody else is like, well, it's my body and I don't want your virus that you're spitting all over. Right. So then they should probably wear a mask. Well, um, but but they want the other person to wear a mask so that they don't spew the virus on them. I think, well, it's got to be nuanced, right? It can't be all or nothing. Like yeah. we give we give great leeway in this country. Um, like we have our insane military to protect us, right? And we have... Anytime there's a natural natural disaster, a hurricane rips through Florida, then through some other southern states, um, FEMA is there to help rebuild the area, right? Yeah. And we give them great leeway uh, to do so. You know, we fund it. Um, we let them institute their programs. And so I think we need to have the same sort of, ad, you know, not having the same sort of attitude during this crisis is a little confusing to me. And so I think we need to give our our government a little bit of leeway while keeping them in check. Right. And I don't know. uh, (laughs) I think, you know, part of the problem is um, everybody on the left wants to 
give the government 100% leeway and everybody, not everybody, I'm making generalized statements, but one group of people want the government to have as much leeway they, as possible in this time. And another group of people want the government to not have any leeway and let them, you know what I mean? And I don't, that's yeah. not a, it's not a solution. Right. Cause nobody's meeting in the middle. I totally agree. Right. So, but I, I do think, um, and what you'll find, and even in natural disasters, because we've had so much experience with it, is that you find federal leadership that has a plan and that people generally try to stick to. And there's no plan for this right now. And so there's nothing for people to stick to. Right? So, but then I was thinking about this, but here's the problem. <laughs> we all know I I think Trump is the worst leader we've ever seen in this country. Mm-hmm. What if it was Obama? Same thing would be happening. The same, it would be different, but if... Let's say, like, I don't think Trump's had a good plan for all this stuff, leaving it to the states and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But if Obama was president and had something in place and was directing it at a federal level, people would be freaking out too. So it doesn't. Yeah. It's just our state of, that's just the current state of things is everybody freaks out and politicizes everything. Right. So I just think <clears throat> the reaction is the reaction. So what I really think the tra okay. So what I really, part of the tragedy that I think that I see too is, you know, our government, like, I don't think the people in Washington understand what a small business is. No. And that's the problem. And and so I think they've kicked the can on that. And then you get to the state and you have states that have all these small businesses that are, are collapsing. <coughs> and so the pressure to get them to open up is real. Absolutely mm-hmm. real. Um, so if you look at the first relief packet, they, so they only know how to, all right, let me back that up. The first relief package we got, the CARES Act, I think was a really great idea, where through the end of July, they're supplementing an extra $600 to everybody that's unemployment from the federal government. And I think that is is a good idea to help stem some of the issues that people, I mean, 35 million people have been laid off or either been furloughed or, or laid off, right? Right. Um, but they're, what they did for businesses is was basically the same old thing. No, you know, it went to big, big business, big businesses again, sucking up all the money. Yep. And and so I just, you know, I understand where these small businesses are definitely coming from. They're going to die. Um, but like, right. why did that? Why did the federal government, if it came up with a plan to feed me six hundred dollars extra a week so that I can make it? Uh, pay my bills, keep my mortgage current, all that kind of things until I get back to work in August. Mm-hmm. Why is it there a program that just directly gives that kind of cash to a small business owner? Right. right? And you and got the PPP loans, but then they sent like a boatload of that money to like Costco and Sam's club. And uh, I forget who else it was like, like a whole bunch of these big chain places right walmart got a chunk of it it's like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard right and i think you know i was i read about this and part one of the problems was the way they they administered it they took just they copied some rules from another small business loan program yeah and just pasted it and to me like if you ever did that if i did something like that in my job without thorough right you would i would be freaking fired it's asinine. Right. Like how they can get away with, even if if they intended that money to go to small businesses, to not have the intelligence to look at how the law that they're passing implements it. 
is it's a dereliction of duty. Yeah, it's asinine, dude. I, it's it's painful, and <clears throat> so then they passed the second round. So now, what, so instead of saying no, Walmart, come on, dude. They then they pass the second round and then pump a whole bunch more money into the program so that small businesses that need the loans can get them. Mm-hmm. So now the taxpayers are going to foot the bill for that. The um, uh, on top of that, the other problem that I saw directly is that these big corporations have the money to provide to have a lawyer on staff that they can just pump money into to send the stuff out when it comes. A lot of these small businesses don't have the staff or the time because they're dealing with this right. to focus on getting the loan paperwork in time in order to get it to get on the list. I mean, it was a limited window. So now they pump that. Out. So, and so now all this money is going into these businesses. Walmart's still going to take their cut. And I say Walmart, I'm not hundred percent sure Walmart got it, but, but I mean, they're a corporate entity. They're, yeah. They're, they just represent corporate nonsense. Um, so, now, all of a sudden, all this money is being pumped out. And where's that money coming from? And I know, like, it's difficult to say, like, we have to figure out where this money's coming from. But we have to, like, figure, I mean, they're printing money. Like, eventually, that's still going to have an effect on the economy. It is. And so I want to touch on this, and it's going to be, I'm, it's going to come off poorly. But if you look at the stimulus packages that are being pumped through Congress right now, mm-hmm. The amount of pork that is attached to these things is ridiculous. It always is. Yeah. Yeah. So what the fuck? Like they're holding up these aid packages so they can get like some other thing attached to it. And I'm not even saying I disagree with the stuff they're trying to attach to it. I'm just saying this is not the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. Go on. Yeah, it's. You're right. It's not the time. It's not the time because, okay, I don't, none of it makes any sense, right? It's not a solution. It's not a solution to not do something, right? Right. It's not a solution to, um, like these states are, these states need help too. It's, first of all, everything, our entire economy is just funny money anyhow, right? Right. You can just print. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be a mate when 25% of the people are out of work, things are dramatically different. So right. you need opening up. Um, well, it's important and I'm not discounting anybody that needs to open up their business. Right. But at this point, the solution is if we opened up all our comp- businesses right now, it isn't going to matter anymore. No, because there's nobody's got any money to put into it. Nobody's, you know, you can't change. Um, you can't change fear or caution. Most people in this country understand. They saw what happened. Isolating reduced the risk. Now, how am I going to change my life so I can continue to reduce the risk in my life while trying to live a somewhat normal life? And, you know, that means that you're not going to go out and, you know, I don't want to go out to a restaurant. I'm just not, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? I'm sorry for the restaurant industry, but it's going to be a while before I, you know, it's going to be September or October, probably. I'm a, just my personal choice before I feel comfortable wandering into a crowded restaurant. Shit, bro. I'll, I will go out to eat tomorrow. See, I just, I don't think it's worth it. Now, would I go it's going to be hard to eat with a mask, though. That's going to be. Right. Now, you know, maybe in August I'd go to a restaurant that has like outdoor seating and yeah. things are spread out. 
but I'm not, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not going to get close contact with people for a while. Yeah. Well, also you have particular reasons for that. Like you're, I would imagine that you have, you're a little more cautious than I would be. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, I am, but you know, I, I think a lot of, I also think it's random from what I've been reading and studying, like so much of it has to do with genetics and who it chooses. Yeah. I'm more at risk, but I think there's so many factors on how this virus decides who it's going to attack. You know what I mean? Yeah. So who knows, but you're right. I am a little more cautious than most people. So time out. I don't mean to put that out there if you're not. Oh no, no, I'm very, I have videos talking about my cancer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. That that doesn't bother me. All right, where were we? <laughs> um, so you were saying you're, it's going to be a while before you go out. Yeah, that's just my personal choice. Um, and uh, I don't have any problem, by the way, with your personal choice of if, yeah. you, if you go to a diner today, you'd go. I don't know. Would you take your son with you today? Yeah, dude. Yes. All right. <laughs> we're, we're ordering takeout tonight from his favorite restaurant. He's excited <laughs> to get back out there, too. No, so, but would you go sit in a restaurant yeah, with him I would. today? Yes, I so I think that there's a responsibility to keep people separated in that restaurant, and I would want to make sure that they're taking okay. precautions and practicing social right, distancing. Right. Like I'm not saying I want to go sit in like on top of someone else, like early eat at like picnic tables inside a Love Frida Burritos or whatever it's called. Right, exactly, and and the, yeah, let me rephrase that too because like I go out to the store, but I have you know I try to go very limited, like. I go once a week, maybe like I, if it's my turn to go to the grocery store and I'll go out and do it in a safe way. And yeah. so if I went out to a restaurant, I, I, I would just go out and do it in a very safe way. Just like that. Yeah. But it's also a pain <laughs> yeah. in the ass. It's a pain in the ass to go to the store. And like I was at the grocery store yesterday and I just I had to send it. This bushes has very skinny aisles. And so I just had to wait at the aisle for this guy coming this way to finish his shopping before I could go on that. Yeah. It's all a pain in the ass. So quick question. Sure. How many, what percentage of the people do you see when you go to the grocery store that don't have masks? I was going to say 20%, but I'm starting, it's starting to be uh, even less than 20% around here. Like 90% of 80 to 90% of the people in the Washtenaw County, Ann Arbor area um, are wearing masks when they're out and about. Okay. It's like 50, 50 up where I'm at. Right. And the people who don't wear masks are genuinely assholes about it. They like don't, they're like, like this dude, I was, uh, I had to go to the grocery store the other day and it was me and one other dude in the entire grocery store. And, you know, it's like a smaller chain or whatever. And uh, we're both in the, for whatever reason, I'm in an aisle and all of a sudden the only other dude in the grocery store comes into that aisle and then starts looking at the shit that I'm looking at. And he's just standing there and he kind of looks at me and then looks at the shelf and then looks at me again. And then like he's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Just standing. I'm like, so I, so after like a minute, I'm like, I like look at him and then I like move over and then he moves over closer to me. Like not enough to like the same distance, but like if I take three steps this way, he took one step that way. I'm like fucking dickhead. So I left the aisle and just came back around. Right. But I'm just like, like, and he's, you know, he's got no mask on. He's like, I'm sure you can guess what dude looked like. Yeah. Um, just, you know, teed out total fucking meathead dude. Right. Like, fucking, I don't know. I'm sure he's got a Confederate flag in the back of his Ford. And right. Line. And what are you going to say though? Cause those are the, like, I don't have no, problems yeah. 
I don't have a problem saying anything to most people, but right. I'm oh, not- I would say something to that dude too. I, it's it's, but it just wasn't the time. Right. You know what I mean? It, I I had shit to do, and I, I didn't have the, I didn't have the luxury of having the time to argue with this guy about being a dickhead. I know. I was when I was checking out at the grocery store yesterday. Um, like every everything's fine. People are spacing out, and I'm doing the self checkout, and then this this the same type of gentleman with the come he's with his wife or girlfriend or whatever and they're doing the self checkout and he's not wearing a mask and then he's just wandering around on his phone in the middle there's a there's four self checkouts yeah. and he's just like wandering and leaning back and forth on his phone just spewing out air out of his lungs and getting close to people i'm just like dude fuck off man i yeah. don't care but just stay the fuck away from me i don't right. And that's, that's the thing. And so this is why I have such a hard time arguing this mask debate, right? Because it's, <laughs> because there's almost every piece of me is like, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, you know, if I didn't think I would get like stuff on my fist, I'd punch him in the face. Right. Um, but at the same time, the dude has a right to not wear a mask. The same as any other, like it's, He's got a right. So the other thing that's the the other thing is that when the initial orders came out, they went a little overboard. And it didn't use a lot of common sense. And I think it made more sense on your side of the state than it did on mine. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has a lot to do where they went, they pushed too far early. And so a lot of people are pushing back harder. And I think that, and so because it was such an overreaction on this side. Now you're getting the overreaction on this side. And I think that's where you get these idiots protesting and whatnot. And by the way, I think that if someone takes a gun into a Capitol building of a state or mm-hmm. of the country, they should be shot down. Right. I think that's, that's essentially a foreign invader stepping on. I mean, I know that's a bit of an exaggeration, but no, it's, it's ludicrous, but I think, uh, you know, I, I would hope that most reasonable people understand that that's a very um, small percentage of people that feel that it's okay to drive to the Capitol with the guns. And you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> it's a good, yeah. And I think that depends on which side of the state you're on. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but addressing that part of saying maybe it was an overreaction on this side of the state versus that side of the state. I don't know it's hard to make any other decision because if you just look at the epidemi- the epidemiology of this and a lot of these clusters starts with one person sick and then yeah. they get together with a group of 10 people, which is yeah. there's a group of 10 people down in Detroit is the same as 10 people in, in Ludington or Traverse city, Michigan, or, or the upper peninsula. It's the same right. thing. Yeah. Right. Totally so, great. so it's hard to, uh, you know, we've had this discussion before. Uh, it might have been. I don't think it is so much of an overreaction, but it's also, you know, it's a hard decision to make. And you're she's make the decision with, you know, uh, medical experts, business experts. I don't know. It's a tough decision to make. So, mm-hmm. but we don't want to give our government any little bit of leeway anyway, either way anymore. And probably because they haven't earned. Right. Haven't earned that right. 
Yeah, I mean, you're trusting these people who have screwed up every decision from the beginning of time. I mean, you're. it's difficult to point to something that the government's done right on state or federal level. So by giving these people a whole bunch of control over stuff, it makes people nervous. Rightly so. I mean, they're 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 everything they do. They screw up, man. Everything they touch. Yes. Um, they're the model for inefficiency. Maybe. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't like I hate I hate this idea that. Yes, our government is a model of inefficiency and horribly run, particularly on the federal level. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I hate I hate bad government as as an excuse for not trying to fix a situation, right? Right. Sure. Um, I, I, if you don't like what the federal government's doing, then stop supporting the people that you keep sending there. And if you keep sending there, then shut the hell up. Couldn't agree more. Right. This is, this is slowly devolving into a bigger conversation about, I mean, the problem is the people that get put up are the same. There's uh, they're both pushing slightly different agendas with giant peak points that they know are going to be triggers. While in the meantime, they're all in the back room, taking money from these businesses and suiting their interests. I mean, it's it's an age old story. You're right. It's a yeah a story as old as time. Um, so let me ask as you as old as time. exactly. So let me ask you this question then. Um, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of okay. We could dismiss the idea that the virus isn't real. I'm not going to talk about people that have those theories, but there are a lot of people with. Uh, concerns about media hyping this virus, somebody creating this virus, people prof, you know, like there's a bigger, there's something else behind this, right. Mm-hmm. Or that this has happened, but now the way it's being played is benefiting somebody. Well, yeah. Who? So the, the people who are pushing bills in Congress that are filled with pork to support their. Okay. Okay. But we can put that aside. Cause that's, I mean, that's been happening for every crisis since the dawn yeah. of time. So. Yeah. yeah. And it's asinine. Right. Totally. In other words, here, here's what I'm saying. Like, um, Oh, the media is hyping it so they can get more advertising money. I think. I mean, they have to fill a 24 hour news cycle and it's the biggest story ever. I don't Right. I, but I, what I'm saying is they're going to calm people. Right. Here, what I'm saying is there's people saying the virus isn't, is a small thing, worse than the flu, but the media is hyping it so they can get more money. Yeah. Um, well, no. And I, here's why I say no to that is because like CNN is owned by Time Warner. That's a small fish in their big ocean. And these companies yeah. are no longer able to, you know, like Jeopardy's on rerun. These companies aren't able to make the content that they need to make. Totally agree. Yeah. So these huge corporations, I am sure Time Warner at the very top level is like, screw this, open everything up so we can get our, our bozo actors to make more shows so we can sell more shit. Yeah. Same thing with, uh, same thing was MSNBC. They're owned by Comcast. Right. You don't think Disney's hurting right now because ESPN is shut down? Exactly. 
Right. Right. So I don't, I'm trying to figure out the sinister plot of who this virus benefits. Doesn't, doesn't benefit. Well, the, the, the big one I hear is that the Democrats are pushing the fear to try to keep people from voting or to destroy the economy so they can point to Trump and say it's his fault. That's stupid. Yeah, obviously, because nobody nobody's going to blame the president for the economy that tanked because of a virus. It's they're dumb theories. Like, of course, the Democrats want you to get out and vote because they want as many people to vote as possible. If if the Democrats can orchestrate a worldwide pandemic. Well, well, the election results. Right. Well, simultaneously, simultaneously uh, operating a, a worldwide pedophile ring. And they can't manipulate the election to get Hillary Clinton elected, right? I, you know, yeah, I mean, dude. That's that's then that was the point that I made the other day. I forget who I was arguing with, but if they can do something that's so, if they're so well organized to have this giant conspiracy where they have a worldwide pandemic virus right. to figure out how to keep somebody from being elected president, mm-hmm. they would have done it a lot simpler a long time ago. Yes. Like it doesn't make sense to be this complicated. It's way too. Right. So and then what I go on. Well, I was gonna pick another one. Like and then they, then I hear, well, it's big pharma, so they can make money on vaccines. These fuckers like, don't make a dime on vaccines. They don't want this. They want right. to sell Viagra. Viagra. They want to sell all the drugs that that the government doesn't get involved in. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I there are very good people that want to work hard to find a vaccine for. For this, I'm sure. But what I'm saying is, they would. This doesn't help them. They no. want they want things to be normal so they can make insane profits on their stupid yeah. drugs. They, they don't yeah, make they money on vaccines, yeah. Yeah. right? Okay. Totally so agree. so it's who, not, who's it benefiting? So no one. Right. So, and then you touched on the somebody created or whatever. So I'm not 100 percent convinced that this wasn't us. This didn't fall out of a lab somewhere. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it was intentional or that it's some kind of plot somewhere. Right. Like it, right? Like this? Yeah, it's a it's a natural occurring. Yeah, it's virus. ineptitude at the at the closest it can get to nefarious is ineptitude. Yes, exactly. It doesn't benefit. It doesn't benefit China. No, it hurts them. If I were, to, I mean, you know. Yeah, if our economy crashes, it screws China big time. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So who does it benefit? Um. Literally no one. Literally no one. That's what I don't understand about the conspiracy theories. Like, who? I take it back. Netflix. It really benefits Netflix. It's those fuckers. It's Netflix. <laughs> it's Netflix. They want you to stay home and chill with Netflix. Yep. So, uh, you know, so we're all just kind of making it up as we go along then, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to me that you would hold uh, any particular politician accountable for their response. Exactly. Exactly. And I had, you know. I Except had this, for the people who are slipping in pork. That's a different deal. Sure. And I had this conversation with my dad and like we should go back after it's all done and see what happened and see where mistakes are made. Yes. With the purpose of not making those mistakes again. Right. You know, not with trying to play place blame per se. Maybe without, maybe we take a magnifying glass instead of a pitchfork. Yeah. Because you have to hold people accountable. 
right? But if you're trying to hold them accountable while you're already believing something so much that you're just not approaching it with an open eye, you know? And even in holding them accountable, you're holding them accountable for decisions they've made in intensely, in in like crazy circumstances. Yes. So, you know, I think that maybe we look at it and see where the mistakes were, and I'm sure somebody's going to be held accountable. But at the same time, we don't need to necessarily, like, hang that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, you messed up and made a bad decision at the worst possible time, but that doesn't mean, like, you know, end of the world stuff. Cuomo and pumping the uh, old folks with COVID back into the retirement homes. Mm-hmm. Like that, he didn't know. That's not, you can't blame that dude for that. Trump for acting like an egomaniac in the middle of a pandemic. Like, right. that's just him being him. Like, it, it's hard to. His response is not, his, well, his, his response is not surprising. No. It's 100% in character. Yeah. But he does have, I mean, that's just it. We have to hold our people accountable. And if you want to hold them accountable, the right way. I mean, the only way you can hold them accountable is, I suppose, at our elections. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I don't. But there's. I don't think we need to run a trial. You know what I mean? Like. No, no, but I don't. No, no, but that's just people being stupid. Right. So. Yep. Um, but also, I mean, you can't. Uh, all of it's stuff, right? You can't blame people for being human either. Right. On all levels, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, just take our governor Whitmer, for example. Like right now, about 70% of the people in this state approve of the way she's handling this, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this is a small thing, but you can't blame her for being human and wanting to get on national TV all the time to talk to everybody because, you know, she's still a politician. Yeah, and I think people want that. They do want that. Yeah. Although I don't, and then when she says something they don't like, I think it's a problem. But um, I do like, you know, what I do like about her is she's kind of a badass, and where she just sticks to her guns. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't really have a fe- opinion about her one way or the other. I think she's yeah. okay. Like yeah. she's she's doing a fine job here, I guess. Uh, I don't like. I think she overreacted, and I don't like some of the decisions she's made. But I'm assuming that's because she's taking advice from her team. Um, right. But I, I, I do like uh I do like her confidence in the decision making that she's making yeah, and that totally. and that she sticks with what she says. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And she's had some good PR out of it too. I think that Saturday Night Live thing was great, where she was like, nah, I drink Michigan beer. Mm-hmm. Um I think and so I think some of that's great. I think that, you know, I there's also some stuff that I where I think she overreacted, but I you know, I, I it's hard to fault somebody for making decisions in that time frame. Right. Um and it's okay for a politician to be a politician because they're politicians. Yeah, right. I mean, that's you don't get mad at a fish for being a fish. Right. All right. So, what have we figured out? That <laughs> what problems have we solved? None, actually. Okay. I think we just we outline problems without providing any quality solutions. <laughs> right. That's a high quality podcast, right there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, why don't we just wrap it up there? Okay. So again, I'm going to end the podcast, and then after I end the podcast here, I'm just going to tape on my rant about um, Hallmark movies right after this. So, Rob, as always, it's great talking to you. Yeah, you too, man. Maybe one Thank day we can start talking about our shit that's not 
related to people being jerks. Uh, you know, it's a weird time to podcast. So, yeah. but um, there will be more things to talk about than just this current state of our world as time progresses. Yeah, it's hard to get mad about like dumb shit. Right. Because <laughs> there's so much good shit to be mad about. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Uh, I'll see you later. All right. Have a good one, man. Bro. Peace. Bye. All right. So, on our last, on our last podcast, we talked about um, Hallmark movies. And you're like, well, you got to watch one. And so I started this last night. So, first of all, I have uh, my TV provider is YouTube TV. And I'd like to thank them profusely for not including Hallmark TV in our package. So I went to the internet. So the first thing is um, there's a little cottage industry on YouTube like there are for everything of people scraping these videos and trying to post them online on YouTube until they get removed, right? So that's where I started last night. I'm like, all right, well, I'll see if I can find one random one free somewhere to watch. So I'm searching on YouTube. And first of all, you've seen these YouTube videos where they scrape something and they, they mess with the video a little bit to not get caught. And it's, it's either in the corner of a screen or a clips or it's just, okay. So now imagine having to watch a Hallmark movie in that, in that way it's, it's a scary nightmare, hellish experience to go through, to watch a Hallmark movie where the screen is moving and all this kind of stuff. So, and all the titles, when you search, it just says Hallmark movie 2018 romantic, right? They don't name the name of the movie, so you don't know what you're getting. So what I discovered, first of all, is the kind of movies that we talked about yesterday, which is basically sort of a prince, prince, or last time, a prince, princess, going back to your roots. You know, the, everything that you laid out last time and in your typical Hallmark movie that we were talking about. Um, but there's a whole bunch of type of different Hallmark movies on top of that. Hey, so that was not what I was expecting. There was one that was like a murder mystery, but I wanted to start off with the general idea of what we talked about was where girl works in the city or she starts at the, the family wine, the wine, and then, you know, goes on from there and does she reject the big city life? Blah, blah, blah. Right. So I was kind of looking for that. Um, so I, I went through a couple that weren't that or found like a Christmas movie. And then I saw one that, um, had Michelle Lee from the TV show Glee. All right. And the, and it said Hallmark, but here's, but something was wrong right away at the beginning. I started watching it and the love interest is African American. I'm like, well, this is something's not right here. Right. Cause what we discussed that never happens. So then finally, as I'm watching on the screen came up ABC so it was an ABC movie, and it was clearly an entire ripoff of the Hallmark genre, except they threw in an interracial element for it. But the funny thing was, okay, she was going back to Hawaii for her Christmas break after she just designed an amazing building for New York City, okay? Um, and she had a flashback to her childhood youth when they would be on the beach, and there was a family friend, and that family friend was African-American, right? And so now then you skip up forward and she's having dinner with the old family again, except (laughs) so they did the interracial thing, but the son of the African-American who was, he was clearly any race, you know what I mean? So we knew lineage wise, she was African-American, but he could have been Hawaiian, Asian, African-American. So it was still, even though it was ABC throwing in there, we're going to do this with a bigger name 
and calls culturally, it was still generic white. Uh, well, it was generic, uh, not white guy, which I enjoyed. Okay, so then I finally fell upon a movie, and this was this morning, and I only watched 10 minutes of it, but I'm going to read to you all the stuff that happened in 10 minutes because it's insane how... Look, I watched a couple of them with really bad writing. Well, I'm sure... I mean, objectively bad writing. But this one, I, I have to say I was impressed for how much story and setup that they were able to pull off in 10 minutes. It was mind-blowing, right? And it was very impressive. So let me see. I got to start from the top. Okay, so in the first 10 minutes, uh, we have a, a, a young woman. Uh, can, they, is, can the actresses be more generic? You know what I They are... You, they literally have to find the most generic, all in. It's crazy. There's nothing that stands out about them, but there's nothing flawed about them either. None of them. Okay, so I watched, a, <laughs> I watched a few minutes of like five of them before I settled on the one that I was able to watch ten minutes of before we started. Um, all yes, they're all like that, but wildly impossible scenarios. Wildly impossible scenarios. You know, there's one with Jane Seymour. She runs a show from her house and there's going to be, there's no way they'll cancel her because she has such high ratings and the new executive t takes over. Like none of this is going to happen, right? Or, um, okay, so let's go to the wine one. And this one is especially great because it's all just the little I know from the wine industry from my days working at a restaurant that um, serves a lot of big wine. None of it works that way. Like she, she developed a, okay, so I got to get to the beginning of this. <laughs> I have to get to the beginning of this. Okay, so her, so we learn in the test first ten minutes. She's working at this family wine vineyard with her uncle because her father had died in the past, and she is there with her uncle, and she's the young person taking over the business, right? So, and she's made a great new wine, and she wants to expand uh, the winery, you know, take it to the next level. And so she just opens up this barrel with the uncle and, Hey, I made a new wine and they taste it. And he's like, Oh, this is an amazing wine. <laughs> it's not how wine works, but that's okay. Uh, but as yes. Yeah. So, uh, she decides to take it to uh, a distributor, a local dis wine distributor. Um, and they have a casual conversation when she walks in that how he just got this new national exclusive on this one French wine. And she was like, hey, here's this wine from our vineyard. Uh, and he tastes it. And he's like, well, this is amazing. But how many how much do you have? Well, we can have a thousand cases. It's not big enough. You have to scale up. There's no way I can, you know, distribute that. And the only way you can scale up is to enter a wine contest. You know, do a local. Oh, this is an Oregon wine, by the way. But no, she decides to go big and enter the biggest wine competition in the world. And it's you're crazy. You can't do that. But she sends it off and it gets accepted into this wine competition. Okay. Which is never going to happen, clearly. We're not even 10 minutes in yet, by the way. So <laughs> she decides she then flies to Paris with her wine because her wine got accepted into the biggest wine competition of the world. And that's the only way to make your wine successful in the short amount. She wants to do it right away. She doesn't have the patience to let it develop over five or 10 years. And then she gets to the hotel 
she gets up to her room and she has the wrong suitcase. It's full of suits from some guy, right? Shocker. Now, these are all things that you're told about too. Then a few minutes later, somebody knocks on the door and says, I have your stuff. She thinks it's a, a bellboy or something, but clearly it's not. It's an amazingly gorgeous Frenchman in a thousand dollar suit that she assumes is the bellman. And she gives him as a tip, a bottle of her wine. Okay. And then, so we already know what's going to happen from there on out. Uh, and then, and then the door shuts. And then five minutes later, a friend knocks on the door and surprises her because she's in France too. And now she's got her buddy. And then I stopped watching. Yeah, that's as far as I got. So it marked all of the things that you talked about. And it was glorious. And like I said, writing wise, <laughs> like getting that much out in 10 minutes is damn impressive. Oh, every, and then <laughs> I'm sure it's like this in every movie, but there's like, oh, I was in a different one that I was watching. There's always a moral aside that they will throw in that if you're not paying attention to, you'll just miss it. So like one of them was a very snide remark about um, women trying to take a power away from men. And I can't remember how it was word, but it was a very like, it was very subtle, but very like out of place where they just, a guy made a moral judgment and the two women in the room agreed with him about it wasn't me too, but it's basically about me too. It was glorious. It was like, where did that come from? Totally not related to anything that's going on. He just handed it. <laughs> and in this scene, this is the one with Jane Seymour, who she's a, you know, that there's some new producer. First of all, she's having a kind of, there's a casual conversation with a guy that works in her house. Um, and then there's must be the daughter or granddaughter. Um, and so clearly, and he's a bum, he's like the Seth Rogen type, right? And so clearly those two are going to be the, the, the daughter or granddaughter. Uh, Jane Seymour is ageless. <laughs>